Um, yeah, I could actually. While we're waiting, we have a question so, here. Can uh, you explain? So we were talking about off? information over the internet. Can you just uh, elaborate a little more on? Uh, because some someone had uh, mentioned a question, and obviously uh, it's not there any longer. But somebody was saying that recommendations on how you can keep yourself positive amidst all the information overload. So the very first step to um, do first aid to this nervous system, and I call it first aid because it's autonomic and you can't control it, is to acknowledge it. To uh, you know, sometimes when we are under so much pressure from outside. I think there's a huge narrative about saying, be positive, be positive. But when you're actually feeling something and everybody else tells you to just forget that feeling and be positive, that's a little bit dismissive of you as a person. So the first step is to be able to name. And so in, in the work that we do in terms of nervous system regulation, we say name it to tame it. So first thing you acknowledge that, yes, this is what is making me either anxious or it keeps coming in my mind or, you know, I've heard this story, naming it. If you have somebody who can hear you, that'll be a wonderful first aid to your nervous system. To be heard is the, base, is, is the complete bedrock of humanity. You know, to be seen, to be heard, to be witnessed, this is what we need. So tell somebody, but if you don't have anybody, write it down. You are your own witness. There is a divine in you. And of course, the baby's there as well, remember? So the baby is your witness. So name it, saying that, you know, I heard this from my friend and then uh, this is what is bothering me. Write it down and then slow it down. See how that feels for you. And then you might find that as you slow that down, you might discover a couple of things saying, yeah, but you know, this situation is different than my situation. Or did, was she able to, did she get time to talk to her doctor about this situation as mine is? Or did she have enough support? So you'll find the differences in those situations. Everything is not identical. And that may, be, that may be helpful. So slowing it down, naming it for yourself, and then the most wonderful resource of all to just, just tell your nervous system, oh, take a minute, is a deep breath. And unlike the deep breath that is taught in many programs to inhale deeply, in my case, I'm asking you to just let your breath leave your body very slowly watching it leave. And even that is a great remedy for an escalated nervous system. It slows you down. Great. We have another question from Zoe. Uh, and she's asking, how do you tap into your intuition as a mother to help zone out the noise that can often create fear and uncertainty? Um, I'm going to go the opposite way, Zoe. The intuition is always there. You peel off the layers of that noise. So again, the three things. The first thing is to slow things down. Okay, I have heard this. I have seen this. I've been told this. Pause. It's a wonderful button that we have. Pause. Everything can wait. And in that pause, even if thoughts keep coming, say, I'm going to write you down because I'm going to attend to you later. So not dismissing them. So that pause will allow you to name that particular situation. See what is difficult about it. What part really worries you? What things you can arrange to make them happy? You will find there will be an internal voice that will tell you, that will guide you. That is your intuition. So the same three remedies. If the minute you peel away the layers of the noise, the activation,
myself. Yeah. Everything that can go wrong yes. will go wrong yes. in one way. So we're pausing it. We are naming that we are having technical troubles, and then we're thinking how we can keep going. What are our resources here? So carrying on. Yes, Tanvi. So another question is: um, Can you explain signs of labor? Obviously, it's not uh, related to the topic, but just quickly, but if you can, uh, you know, address. Yes, I do want yes. to. I do want to say. So okay, if you notice this question itself is a testament to where I started from saying, okay, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to know? If you saw signs of labor, if, if all you needed to know is that this feels like a tightening on my belly and has been coming uh, rhythmically and it was feeling like this earlier, which was comfortable, I could handle it, but now I can't. And just observing that and seeing where it's going could be a great sign of labor because that rhythmic tightening of your belly could be contractions. For some people who may see some, uh, you know, fluid come out, again, it's not like a particular start point. It's only in retrospective can we say that, oh, that must be the start of labor. Now, taking that example of contractions, if those contractions were happening, but they were so mild that you were ignoring them or, you know, the baby moves, it tightens many times a day, it tightens. I've not paid attention to it. Was that the start of labor? I don't know, but perhaps it was. So it doesn't matter that start of labor. What matters is when you first observed a rhythm in your contractions and they were strong enough for you to take your attention from everything else and pay attention and cope with it. That you could say, yes, now I seem to have some, my body is showing signs that it is continuously doing the work that will open the, the uterus and the baby will come out. So that could be a sign of labor. And the other is if that if you've had any kind of discharge, also evaluating this discharge, that if it is really thin and watery and it covers your, you know, it soaks through your clothes, that could be that the uh, um, uh, membranes have released. But even if they have, Everything else is okay. You're feeling well. Baby is moving well. We still wait for those contractions. So truly the sign of labor is a mother now feeling a rhythm in those tightenings, in those contractions that are steady. And she knows from within that, oh yeah, this is something different than what usually happens. So that's, that's my sign of labor. You could have mucus show, but these are not signs of labor. These are just signs that your baby is getting ready your body is getting ready. So the baby turning head down, going into the pelvis, uh, mucus show, Braxton Hicks contractions. These are just signs that you're getting ready. Truly sign of labor is those contractions that are coming rhythmically and are strong enough to get your attention. Um, I would say that would be a sign of labor. Great. Um, any more questions, anyone? Ramya, I hope we were able to answer your question. Divya, can we also touch upon, uh, you know, since we've been talking about anxiety uh, around, uh, you know, emotional support? Yes. Uh, so, um, 
Yes, thank you for bringing that up, uh, Sandeep, because uh, it's a part of my favorite topic again. So the same autonomic nervous system that has parasympathetic and sympathetic for humans has a third branch as well. Evolutionary, we were all reptiles. And so our movement was really restricted. And so our strategy to save ourselves was playing dead. And then when we had hands and feet, our strategy was mobilized. But now that we are human and we have language and we have a connection, a, 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 emotions and ability to relate, um, have, have beliefs, our greatest strength is to be able to connect. And so support, what does it really mean? Means I'm not alone. That I'm again going to be seen, heard, witnessed and accepted for who I am. And the way we are designed for it is eye-to-eye -eye contact. So, you know, when you're in a, in a large crowd and you hear a familiar voice, what do, you, what do you automatically do? Your head will rotate in that direction and try and look for that familiar face. When we talk to each other, what are we looking for? We are looking for facial expressions that are telling us, is this safe? Is this not safe? Again, it's doing its job. But the medium of connection or the medium of looking at it is to be able to do it through, uh, through our faces, through our uh, connection. So when we are having a supportive person with us, what would be their facial expressions? If I were, doesn't look very supportive to you, does it? But if I'm smiling, I'm nodding my head affirmatively. So, so many nonverbal cueing that is going to saying that you're safe. And the minute that field becomes safe, that perception becomes safe, birth will express. So having a person there who is intending to support you and is using these mechanisms, these are nature, so natural mechanisms of uh, relating to you, whether it is your partner, whether it is a doula, whether it's a family member, whether it is a care provider. Anybody who can make you feel or connect to you, eye-to-eye -eye contact, the porosity of my voice, how I'm talking to you, um, the quality of my touch, uh, it's the same thing. And it's also the same thing that the mother then gives to the baby to tell the baby that you are safe. Eye-to-eye contact, the way she talks to, and a lot of contact, and, you know, touch, tactile stimulation is the same thing. So um, there you go. Uh, so support is a very big element in, in addressing that nervous system activation and then thereby letting birth express the way nature has designed it. So yeah, birth is natural. Great. Thank you for answering that. Um, Gaya Ramaswamy is also asking, what does the blood show mean and how long can we wait at our home after the show? So uh, I said mucus show, but it did become a blood show. And that also tells us our negative bias, how quickly uh, our brain has now adjusted it. Uh, so the, the cervix is a long muscular tube, say it like this. And then as the body is preparing to give birth, some activity is taking uh, place in all the, all, all the muscles, including this, which is now becoming softer, more riper, more pulpier. And when the contractions are happening randomly, which are called Braxton Hicks, which are pre-labor signs, then this might begin to uh, change a little bit. Now that change, nobody can predict. But with the looseness of this tube, which was our cervix, the adhesion for the mucus plug may, may not be there and it may fall off and it may fall off as a chunk. It may fall off in small bits. But also when this changes, some amount of capillaries may break and that blood may find itself trapped in the mucus. 
So that is what the bloody part of the bloody show is. And that blood can be really fresh and it can also be old dried blood, depending on what happened when in that sequence. And so, um, but also it's a great reminder to ourselves how quickly the word bloody came into this particular conversation because you may have read it. It is called bloody show. Many times you read it, but it sticks with us. And one more thing, that's how pain instead of contractures and labor sticks with us because our brain has a negative bias. So we are always expecting and looking for pain rather than just the functioning of the muscle. Okay. Um, another question is, uh, what's the difference between baby blues uh, and postpartum anxiety and depression? And when should we ask for help? So baby blues would be... Um, a neurological, neuroendocrine response to change and perception of your responsibilities, physical limitations. So there's a whole cocktail of stuff going on in the first two weeks. And you may find emotions on a high swing and a low swing. So it's emotional high swing, low swing, which I'm calling baby blues. And that is because hormones are changing, withdrawing. So some amount of withdrawal from a certain level of hormones, some amount of uh, exhaustion, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, day and night waking or rhythms being off, some amount of overwhelm in terms of looking at this person, feeling that real rush of protection and then kind of saying that I'm responsible and then again feeling. So it's not in your control kind of thing. And that's baby blues. And it, it can be up to two weeks. But if you're feeling extreme of those emotions past two weeks, that is a good time to ask for help um, because the, the whole process of experiencing this is also titrating it less and less. It's, it's like uh, you don't stop something immediately. It takes a while for it to uh, recede away from your uh, physical paradigm. But if it goes beyond two weeks, we, it definitely needs a consideration from a person who is trained to give care for that particular. But on the other hand, I, I'm also very careful of using the word depression loosely. Because again, brain has a negative bias. When we are talking about it, we are planting seeds. These seeds take hold, but much faster. And so even if I may give a whole spiel about the whole thing, most people will take away the depression part and hold on to that. So yes. For, and more importantly, for partners and families to see how the woman is doing past those in those two weeks the rhythm of it and then past those two weeks if it's still there we would need um, a little help great thank you so much for answering that uh, divya also could you just um, you know mention a few tools uh, that one can use or uh, uh, you know to to uh, i don't know if you to use the word maintain the autonomic nervous system but uh, you know, to calm oneself down. And so are there any tools that you can recommend? There are many tools. There are many tools in many modalities and they arise from the same neuroscience. Um, so our, the person in charge or the, or the nerve in charge here is the vagus nerve. And the importance is not that you don't feel something negative or you don't feel positive. The, the issue we want to know is that are we capable of the escalation and de-escalation within a healthy range where it can happen on its own, which also then depends on what our experiences are, how much our support, so what our experiences are 
is is giving us that range it may change when we are already in a so say in in, in current times with the pandemic everybody's range is a little bit decreased because there's sure. an additional stress so first thing is how do we increase that range so meditation is a great tool music is a great tool so self nurturing activities will increase the range and then what are our resources our resources are also things that we know that support that activation that make us feel safe it could be family for some people it could be me time for other people it could be a place particularly in your house it could be a particular food uh and i'm not talking junk food because that's a activation response so instead of getting activated and reaching out for high calorie high salt food if you or high sugar food if you slow down name it saying hmm i'm feeling this way ask yourself what do i need grounding just planting your feet on the ground and feeling the texture of the support of mother earth or or where you're sitting also if you just pay attention to how your spine is and take the simple task of imagining each vertebra starting from your occiput the tiny little vertebras as they go down and everything else that they touch anything that slows things down uh or uh, if you are feeling like you're activating but you're not quite there how to discharge that activation uh, could also be exercise so uh, so yoga for that matter which includes exercising as well as meditation can be a very good balm uh, on the nervous system and as you practice it you add resources so your you know uh, your resilience grows let's say um not unlike a little piggy bank where you put a little coin every day but at the end of a month you might have a larger resource so basically it isn't about what life is throwing at you it's also about what your resource is the credit and debit of it and any activity that supports you in terms of feeling safe enjoyment um, um being okay with yourself being able to sit with yourself or activation which means releasing whatever uh, is coming up as an activation energy will be like a nervous system state and that will help great so there we also had one question uh, wherein somebody was saying that uh, due to this pandemic people are not able to visit their doctors go for ultrasound so there's just general anxiety around that um so can you address that so a first question to ask you so let's name it let's hold up make it a pause okay you can't meet your doctor i'm going to take one one example you can't meet your doctor let's hold a pause there that's a big subject then uh, name it saying uh i can't go and see my doctor that's my trigger right now and then as you slow it down you say okay so what are you going to address if you are meeting your doctor so i want to know if i'm okay i want to know if baby's okay i want to know so what else would you gain from that doctor's visit slow that down and find out for yourself and then say okay what informs me that i'm okay the doctor or me for everybody not just pregnant women when we feel unwell we seek a doctor agreed but who informs us that we are unwell the doctor or ourselves we are the ones who know that something is not right and then we go and then of course we get treated which makes us very skillful for getting our uh, you know things that we need to take care of ourselves so it's really important in this particular case we slow it down and say what informs us is the baby's okay movements what informs us that we are okay uh, can do i sleep well 
Do I have a good appetite? Uh, do I feel myself um, not losing time in terms of like, oh, my mind is so occupied uh, or is it occupied? I'm reading a book and I can truly engross in that book. Then I'm okay. If my defense system can drop enough to enjoy a book, then I'm okay. You know, am I, do I seek social company? Do I like to be alone with myself? And if I can do both relatively well, then I'm okay. Because remember, if the nervous system is cycling really well in activation and deactivation, normal life will unfold. So I want to find those resources within me, saying what informs me. And having said that, do I really need to meet my doctor? Maybe I can make a call. Is there a specific medical thing that needs to be done? Maybe a blood test needs to be done. How can I organize that? These are ways of then, you know, taking charge of that situation. And when we feel in charge, when we feel, okay, I can handle this, that's when we feel safe. And there, there, there goes the anxiety. The anxiety around it drops. But the point with anxiety is that we don't pause. We don't name and we don't evaluate these things. And therefore, it keeps on escalating. Great. Thank you for answering that. Uh, any other questions anyone has? We're happy to uh, take them now. Interestingly, when we named the, the technical glitches, they went away. Much like <laughs> the nervous system restore. Correct. But um, uh, this video is also going to be there on IGTV as a recording. So for anyone who wants to view it later. So um, thank you so much, everyone who joined us this uh, afternoon. Uh, because if there is anything that you would add uh, to uh, what we have spoken. No, I just say thank you for being patient with us. Thank you so much. Uh, as, uh, as you all know that this is a part of our series of Talking Tuesdays, we love to hear from you, uh, you know, your experiences, your views. Uh, this, uh, you know, Talking Tuesdays is basically to hear you out. Um, so it's, it's something that, okay, we have a one question, sorry, before we end. Uh, Gaya Ramaswamy is asking that I'm pregnant with my second child. Uh, I had PPD with my first baby. Is there any way to get rid of it now? Okay, so a couple of things that arise from it. Uh, was the, the diagnosis of postpartum depression by a care provider was was it by a person who is skilled to evaluate it into depression because depression is used as very loosely uh, that's one part of it but the second part of it how are you doing now uh, is there a medication involved if not uh, how you're feeling now how do you view your life circumstances now what are you, what can you do to uh, resource yourself now and then realizing in case it is because uh, depression also has a neuro neurochemistry to it. And if you realize that there is a bit of an imbalance in that neurochemistry and you're arriving at that point, getting help at the right time. So it is not something that you need to get rid of. So from the world's perspective, when we look at it, we feel that oh, this is a, it makes us non-functional. But actually, it's the body telling us that I've arrived at a place where functioning is no longer an option for me. And so how do we then meet the body's need at that point, whether it is with medication, whether it is with uh, resources that we talked of, all of those things will become very unique for you, Gaya. But keeping an eye on it, knowing where you are coming from. So if you are in a very good situation emotionally right now, you're happy with this pregnancy, 
a lot of that can help uh, you know uh, in predicting where it may be going but since you say you did have it first then keeping an eye on it uh, finding that time for yourself nurturing your nervous system finding the resources that support you good support is very important because the things with depression is that postpartum most people ignore it uh, the focus goes immediately on the on the baby the the woman is we are stretched to our limit in many ways that way that is how after stretching to that limit is how we grow a, a human baby so nurturing yourself basically and keeping an eye and thinking that you are important at least for you at least for the baby for the baby you are the most important person so you know sometimes we begin to feel that we were we are not important anymore but we are in fact for that newborn you are the most important person so if you feel the slightest bit of those signs and symptoms seeking help but uh, pulling up all your resources around you friends family good food uh, foods that help uh, neurochemistry things like that will all help go a long way to not fall into that this time i hope that answers your question there uh, we have one uh, more question which we'll take before we end is by naruti naruti is asking do you suggest lamas breathing techniques during labor pains or any other sort of meditation uh i'd say that if lamas you've done the lamas classes you practice them they when you work with them they make you feel better you've had an experience of the efficacy of whatever breathing pattern you use whether lamas or any other if you feel that efficacy that experience will be your bedrock not just the breathing itself so you know are you practicing that on a daily basis are you finding when when are you practicing it so a lot of people to practice their childbirth class breathing morning and evening that's the time you're already relaxed are you doing it as a life skill like every time my phone beeps i do two breaths or what are those breaths directed at so you know uh, any breathing that you have learned in a class otherwise yoga will work for you if you have had and you've invested in the lived experience of it if in the lived experience it has not worked really well then the next question will not be whether it works or doesn't work would be what can i tweak it with to make it work but to think that somebody has something outside of you that will give you that skill it will not integrate to you till you have experienced it and made it your own so whatever breathing you do whatever meditation you do so if you're doing a particular guided relaxation do it every day then see the day is that there are some days that you can go to sleep with it and some days you will just get a little bit calmer and then maybe even a day where it doesn't work but then you'll see large part then if this isn't working what else will work so you are shoring up those resources even in labor even for labor by through your body through an experience by uh, training your nervous system that this is the experience it works this is the experience it works so many layered experiences of its work it's it works for me will work for you great aniruti uh, is also asking which exercises do you suggest for the last trimester especially in pandemic when we uh, cannot go out for a walk aniruti uh, you will be able to find uh, the exercises on our uh, platform as well uh, www.mychildfirst uh, so you'll be able to uh, look for yoga uh, you'll be able to find yoga poses uh, some exercises that you can do at home yeah but also it's unfair for me to just say this exercise will work like that that's again outside your body 
uh, even if I were, were to talk about exercises, I would talk about from the point of view of what doing this particular movement does in the body, right? But uh, walking is the greatest exercise anybody can say for pregnancy. Not a brisk walk. You're not doing cardiovascular. We are trying to mobilize, lubricate, and understand all the joints of the pelvis and give ourselves that, uh, you know, discharge mechanism for any kind of activity will be a discharge mechanism for an activation response. So including any kind of mobility, whether it's dancing, whether it's moving your hips, whether it's walking, would be a great way of preparing for birth as well, as far as I'm concerned. Thank you, Divya. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us this afternoon. Uh, we will be announcing our next topic for the Talking Tuesdays uh, in a few days. Uh, please uh, look, look, look it up on our Insta handle. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. Thank you.